Hey everyone, welcome back to Guac is Extra. So are we, we're your hosts, Alyssa. And Maurizio. <laughs> You're so stupid. Uh, I did it on purpose because um, this session is a feminism experience sort of a, a episode. So I wanted to make sure that I put the woman first. That's so sweet of you. What a nice change. <laughs> we you are know? joined so today by one of our good friends, Taylor, in the business. <laughs> In the building <laughs> or business, the whatever business. you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> so we're so happy you're here today. Oh my this god, so thank exciting. you so much for having me. I never thought I'd like be able to say that. Thank you so much for having me, but now I can say it. So first of many, hopefully more important <laughs> yeah. than our podcast. You never know. Um, yeah, so we're really excited about this episode. This was Ritz's idea. That's how far the world is coming. I know. Ritz gave a shit, so that's I'm- saying something. I'm pretty woke for a dude. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know No, just kidding. You're the best. I'm not kidding entirely. So, okay. So, <laughs> lots, lots. Before we dive into our topic, want to give everyone a little reality check. Um, last been going on in the world of reality TV. Everyone knows me and Ritz loves it. All of it. I don't know. Tell her if you really like or into that kind of thing, totally fine if you're not, but I'm sure you've like seen a lot of stuff that's been going on lately. For sure. Like so. I'll like, dive into like Real Housewives and Below Deck and Marriage Medicine and all oh, that. Really matters. On, but I don't like tune in yeah. really to watch it. Fair. We tune in every week to everything because there's nothing else to really do. So yeah, lots of things like wrapped up for the season. So uh, like before the 90 days is done, Below Deck Sailing, thank God, is done. I didn't know that that was still on TV, honestly. Um, I, I hope it's, that. like, never back on TV. It was honestly the worst. <laughs> I watched it because I watched it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it is the way I am. I'm not a quitter, so I wanted to carry through, but I, it's it was awful. Um, Vanderpump Rules officially wrapped up for the season, and a lot of people think it's not going to come back because of a lot of drama that's gone on with the cast. So kind of wanted to get your take quick take on what's been going on as Noah, if you guys don't know what's going on, Stassi and Kristen are cast members or were cast members of Vanderpump Rules. They were involved in a little scandal that was pretty racist. So they were let go from the show. Now this happened 2017. So like three years ago, and it mm-hmm. was at the time a storyline on the show. And yeah. once black lives matter became really prominent and everyone was demanding these people were fired. Then they were. So how do you guys feel that Bravo handled that situation? Like, do you think they should have taken care of it three years ago? I, I'm or... a little conflicted. One, two, because as a fan of the show, I really do enjoy watching um, the people that are on the show currently. At the same exact time, 100% what they did was really, really fucked up and wrong. Um, but Bravo should have handled it at the time. Right now, it's just like, it's just media's um sort of just acting the way they should have been acting all along it's not the same it's not like they're holding people accountable because if they were holding people accountable they would have fired people and at the same time Jax is on tv and Jax has had way worse things on tv (laughs) yeah um, i mean i i agree i think cancel culture is like obviously a buzzword right now and and i go both ways right like the intent behind it has to be legitimate and like have like goodness behind it. Like you can't just cancel someone because now you're finally being held accountable, right? Like you've done it at the time versus doing it now. But also like my beef with cancel culture is like you want people to grow and to learn and and to say, I'm not perfect in my life. I've said things that I'm totally ashamed of and it wasn't Mm -hmm. until people called me on it and were like, hey, that's really fucked up. Like you should look into the history behind that word that I learned And, and like, but that also, goes to say like are there apologies genuine what's the intent behind that like yeah you can't just have growth with like issuing a pr statement like that's not growth, mm-hmm. right yeah like, so, yeah i don't know for me it was more like kristen and stassi were making the the damage control and if they were truly apologetic they would have never like they would have apologized to the person that they did it to and they never actually did so- like they never apologized to faith for what they did and they also never at the time when they did it, they went on podcasts and they bragged about it and they thought yeah. it was so funny and they like quadrupled down on it. So now that you're issuing these very obvious like 
formatted apologies, not even apologizing for her. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Hire a, cri- a management crisis PR team, yeah, and you're well, like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Sorry for you, Olay. Exactly. So that's why it's like, it's just that's not working for me in comparison to like on the challenge on MTV, they fired D for some comments she made currently going on during Black Lives Matter. So, like, I think sh- what she said was insensitive and it, they handled it the right way. I also dislike D, so I'm not mad that she's no longer on the show. <laughs> but then you have somebody like Jordan, who on his, what was that, seven years ago on his season of The Real World, made some really racist comments to a co-star. Super, and they, super racist. Like, called her the N-word racist. Like, was not okay. Jordan has been a fan favorite since then. He's been invited on every challenge, and he's definitely a different person than he was then. Once they fire D, all the challenge fans, like, scrap up all this old stuff of every single person like well they said something racist in 2018 they said something racist in 2010 like go back look at jordan's season they're like something has to be done about jordan they end up suspending jordan for a couple seasons and jordan totally is like i deserve this like what i said was fucked up and i'm so sorry and made multiple apologies to naya the co-star that he said all these things to did an instagram live this week with her explaining how to like do better and learn so i think there's two very different types of like cancel culture because like you said, you want people to grow. So like that's a prime example of what you're looking for. And then you have someone like Sassy and Kristen who are just apologizing because now they lost their jobs. Yeah. So I'm back. So like, it's hard to differentiate like the two, but I think but, there needs to be room for people to be the, able to prove themselves. In the same vein of the topic for today, it's pretty interesting that D Stassi and Kristen were both fired. All of all three were fired. And yet Jax remains on Vanderpump rules. And even though I love James, James remains on Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. Um, Jordan remains on the challenge. Zach remains on the challenge. It kind of like, depends. Like, what, what's the line that's being drawn? Like, is it just because, like, you're going to be racist? Or can you also, can you be sexist? Can you be racist? Can you be homophobic? Like, these people have said horrible things. Like, Jack's bullied a trans person for a full year of the show. And no one cared. And she didn't get a renewal for her contract. So it's kind of like... Things like that that have to go through your head. Like, what are you standing for? And if people can, you want people to change, but like networks have to change. Yeah. So like something else that happened this week, besides Alex Campo getting fired from Siesta Key, because that total trash bag, and he did not apologize at all. And he has not said sorry. And I said this to Ritz the other night. I was like, you know what? Not that I respect him for not saying sorry, but I'm glad he didn't say sorry because he's not sorry. So yeah. I'd rather not see like the, I'm so sorry. Like yeah. I, I never, I'll do better. Like if you don't mean it, don't fucking say it. That's totally v- valid. Be that person. But like, don't fucking patronize everybody by giving some fake ass public like crisis PR mm-hmm. apology. So like, anyway, he's off the show, but that's new and I'll still watch it. Um, <laughs> the Bachelor this week announced that they're going to have the first black bachelor in 40 seasons now rachel Lindsay was the first black bachelorette and she was on andy cohen's show on watch what happens live this week and i was telling ritz about it and she was like it was a knee-jerk reaction like literally in the height of black lives matter they're like we're gonna have a black bachelor and it's gonna be the one black person on the last season of the bachelorette so like how do you guys feel that abc handled that kind of thing because i have a lot clearly a lot of strong opinions first about of all- it like I think the bachelor and bachelorette is the most heinous, ridiculous, sexist, misogynistic piece of trash television out there. Like I could go on for this entire podcast about why I hate the bachelor and just like vying for affection. And it's just absolutely disgusting to me. Um, so I think it's trash and should be canceled regardless. Um, but here's, it's like performative allyship. Like here's something that we're doing because we're panicking because we've had 39 seasons of racism and like now we're gonna try to backtrack and like that's that's bullshit it's not enough sorry and and also your show is completely misogynistic and trash but what what's so bad about it like 18 (laughs) females vying for the the love of one man and we have a girl version so what's the big deal oh my god i can't i literally can't it's just and we used to and i was like I loved The Bachelor in Paradise because it was such, it was not scripted and it was like such a trash show. And then last season, me and Ritz talked about this on the podcast. Demi came on Bachelor in Paradise and was like, I think I'm bisexual. Like I'm in love with a woman. They bring the woman on. It's this whole thing to be like, oh my God, ABC let a gay couple come on. This is the best. And then the show wraps. She breaks up with her. She's no longer into girls. 
So it's like that kind of thing fucking pissed me off, like made me furious. And I was like, yo, fuck The Bachelor in Paradise. If you're not Love Island, I'm not fucking with you. And <laughs> and I like I said that. at the time, like if Demi's story is that, you know, her sexuality ebbs and flows with whatever and she she's not, you know, strictly into one line of of sexual orientation or, or attractiveness like whatever that's your story but did i feel like it was forced and did i feel like they took a girl who was bi curious and were like hey yeah. you're gonna get engaged to a girl on our show and it's gonna be amazing and then we'll probably have a wedding and it's totally great because like <laughs> marriage doesn't matter right and now it's not a big deal uh we have a gay couple and we have um black people on the show and we have uh, asian people on the show and it's totally fine like we're cool we're hip we totally have like multi uh faceted uh viewership and and we represent all walks of life it's totally great like abc you are and i and i will say this about most broadcasting companies they are so antiquated in everything that it's like every time there's a new social movement they have to almost keep like catch up to everything else because like yeah. once it's okay enough like then we'll have a gay person on TV. Then we'll have a black led uh, comedy show, like Blackish. And even before that, you had like what, the Jeffersons? And it was because of the spinoff of All in the Family when they were racist about the, fam the Jefferson yeah. family. Like that's how they got their funny show. And it's just that, like you said, it's like it's a competition with what's and okay in the time. Like let's have an actual TV, like uh, although it was insane, but how to get away with murder. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say it. it's not it's not the the true experience of every every person that's on that show but at least they had different people with different backgrounds on the show and different yeah. uh backstories that were not the same sort of um come up and the same sort of yeah you know what I'm saying it's no, just I get what you're saying. and again if you are a, a female-led show you have to be strong and powerful at, or your show and you don't have a love interest or your show is strictly about your romantic lives and not about anything else like how many it can't seasons just was be like Grey's anatomy no. about yeah how many seasons was Grey's anatomy right. about yeah i get what you're i think the the like they definitely are playing like they are the almighty of who's allowed to be on TV. And I just don't think that it's a fair thing. And mm -hmm. I think if they would have waited four months and been like, this is not the same one black person that was on the last season who was also friends with another Bachelor contestant, like, find someone new. Like, you're going to tell me no one that applies to be on this show is someone of color? How about a Spanish person? How about a fucking Asian man? Like, does it, it's just, there's no, there's not enough of it going on for me personally. And I have been saying this for a couple of seasons now, The Bachelor and I am really tripling down on this one. And that's honestly, and I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but like, that's why I believe that Are You The One is one of the best dating shows of all time. Like, can you pick out your soulmate if they were right in front of you? There's the same even amount of chances. You, you know, just fuck everyone on the show. That's, that's more realistic to the human experience. Honestly. So true. Yeah, so... Reality Check was a little different this week. <laughs> There's not much going on except for really intense stuff in the world. Actual reality has been taking over. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I got your guys' opinion on that. I have very strong opinions on cancel culture and that kind of stuff. And maybe we'll dive in on another day. But yeah, glad to hear what we both think and that we all agree. So it's so it's easier when we agree. So um, I just wanted to... to preface this episode with um my thought behind it was that i wanted to get i wanted to have a discussion about first it started with like women in the workplace and having having your experience specifically taylor and you Alyssa, as like a woman uh, Alyssa, you as a woman that's in a field that is not so represented by by females and not so many females are actually that goes for both of you um <laughs> and what your work experience life and what your experience has been like as a female in the workplace and also Taylor just your experience because honestly I've known you for a while but I really don't even know everything that you even do I mean I've heard you talk about work but like 
Truthfully, I don't even know exactly what you do. I feel like you're frozen again. Okay, there we go. Oh my God. I like, I only live in like a hundred square foot apartment. I'm like, <laughs> my Wi-Fi router, like. It's like on top of her. Um, but like, I, I know, I've heard stories about what you've talked about, how you've advocated for yourself and how you have met doors closed in your face. So I wanted to sort of, get a full picture of what it's like to be a white woman in America, because that's the only kind of experience that we can talk about. <laughs> we're all white women in this podcast. <laughs> but to sort of get like a broader picture of what the female experience is like. So Fantastic. I don't know if you guys want to take turns sort of um, talking about what you might do for a living. And then like very briefly, so we have a context. Sure. Um, I work at a law firm. I'm a practice group manager for uh, the health sciences department at this law firm. And I'm really fortunate in my job to have the chair of the department be this totally strong, amazing, wonderful woman who advocates for um, me. She actually, I was just talking to Alyssa about this the other day. Like she seeks out opportunities for me to enter conferences and um, events that may be and ensures that I'm in that room. And like, that's just been such a game changer to have that support um, at work. It is, I mean, law firms are pre predominantly male, predominantly white male. Um, and I do feel really lucky to be at a firm that um, highlights diversity. We're part of the Mansfield Initiative, which means that um, at least 30% of our leadership boards and pitches and anything of that nature has to be represented by um, diverse people, whether that's, um, you know, black, gay, women, et cetera. So I, it, it's difficult, right? Like it's hard. Like every day I go to work, I think about what I'm wearing. I think about how I don't wear dresses that are shorter than mid calf. I wear turtlenecks, I wear blazers. I, and if you know me from like going out or even just like normal daily life, like that is not what I look like. Like when I come home, my boyfriend is sometimes like, oh my God, did you just leave a convent? Like what? <laughs> I was like, I, I'm, I was at the office like that. And that's conscious on me because I don't want to feel like I take that ownership of being like, oh, like I have a very voluptuous body and I am a, a tall, busty blonde woman. Like, I don't want to be walking around in anything that could be perceived as provocative. And and like that sucks. Right. Like you want to feel comfortable in what you're wearing. But I always you know, I don't wear too much makeup. My heels aren't so high. Like I literally look like a nun. It's not even just like business professional. Like I could enter the convent at any moment. <laughs> um, but right, like that's what I'm nervous of giving off that vibe. So and I think it's difficult. And also just making sure that your voice is heard, making sure that you're included in the room. Like it's so hard just to get in the room and then have them be like, oh, like I, I've been in situations at other firms where I'm included in the pitch because I'm pretty and I'm blonde and I'm fine and I'm bubbly and clients like me, but like, I'm also smart. <laughs> like <laughs> how well you spoke. I'm like, yeah, I'm what? Like, <laughs> I'm not, you know, just a, a pretty face. Not that I'm calling myself pretty, but you know. For the fourth time, we know you're pretty. But <laughs> <laughs> see like that to me right there, that is like one of the things that's so, like I was going to bring it up later, Look, the apology, like not that I think that I'm pretty, not that I think that I'm smart, oh, yeah. not that the downplay that you feel like you can't be confident in your own uh, ability or your own looks because that's going to come off as conceited. You're a bitch, you're a know-it-all, you're, a, you know what I'm saying? Like Boy. that's like, and, and Alyssa, I will definitely get back to you because I know I. Oh, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about you your. Started, baby. I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> but that's like sort of one of my the one of my questions that was going to be for the both of you was what are some like normalized behaviors that you believe you have instilled within you that you've either gotten from either your mother's experience or your own experience growing up um, that you check yourself basically every day. Yeah. I mean, for me, so much of that is appearance. Like growing up, my mom was, would always say like, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Like I always was like, and yeah, like, while that's great advice, you obviously want to look presentable, but like my mom just like always put forth literally grading my self-confidence every single day because I can't get my hair done. But like, I find that I hold myself to this really high standard of making sure that my makeup's in place and my, my clothes, my clothes are just right. And like all of that, because if I don't, maybe I won't be taken seriously, or maybe I won't 
um, you know, be invited into the room and like things like that. And, and that sucks because like, it, it honestly took me no joke, four months of dating my boyfriend for me not to wear makeup to bed to go to sleep like and finally he was like yo there's like mascara all over your face every morning going on here and i was like oh my god like finally i i just i really felt so uncomfortable doing that and i think it's because we hold ourselves up to these standards that we always have to be on. We always have to be presentable. Like it reminds me of that scene in Mrs. Maisel where she like goes back to bed, like after applying her makeup, like in the middle of the night. So when her husband wakes up, she looks gorgeous. Like that's how I feel a lot of the time. And like, that's, yeah, my own insecurities, but I've also been very conditioned that way. Like I've never, never was I told like it was okay to like not do your hair, or, like not, you know, wear makeup out. Like it was always like, look presentable, look presentable. And I think that that has weighed on me. I'm, I'm 30, I'm 27, I'm 30. <laughs> that has weighed on me my whole life. And it's something that I, you know, like I'm just beginning to realize now that it's okay to go to bed without wearing makeup. Like I don't have to go out, like I'm going to, uh, you know, bring in every minute when I'm just grabbing milk at the grocery store. Like it's fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Liz? Um, I think for, for me, like I work, I'm sure anyone who listens, not that many people do, but if you're a new, a new listener, um, I work for like an international insurance company and I work in underwriting. So it is, it's, there's females. It's not like it's mostly male dominated, but I would say most of like the positions of power are male people. So there's that. Um, I don't, I do worry about like how I, I dress. But not, I think, as much as you do, only because, like, and I think this is just, like, a me thing. Like, I've never, and it's because, like, yeah, I'm, like, a bigger girl. So, I guess I never, like, really worry about that until, like, it happens. And I'm, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have worn, like, this shirt. Or maybe I shouldn't have worn, like, this dress. And it's, like, until it happens, you're, like, oh, shit, this is now another thing to worry about. But for me, like, I think I have a very, like, type A personality. I'm, like, very, I can be, like, very dominant and that comes through at work a lot and I find myself having to like check myself and dial back like how I want to actually be so like you know when have you ever heard like someone call a male boss bossy or emotional or aggressive like those are all words that have been said about me in like performance evaluations that I'm like too bossy and then I'm too emotional and then I have to learn how to I have to learn how to like dial it back. And I, I get told to like calm down when like I'm, I'm calm. <laughs> I can turn it all the way up, but like I don't. So I think for me, like that's like, I feel like if I, like I have to have I, all these people that I'm like, I want to climb the ladder, right? And all these people that are up a couple steps are male. And I'm like, oh, I want to be just like them. But if I try to take on those attributes then I'm considered like too bossy or too difficult, or a bitch. And it's like, so that's the kind of stuff that I see myself like checking so much at work. And it's so annoying because you do something and you feel like so good about yourself. And I was like, wow, I killed that meeting. Like I killed that presentation. It was like, you were a little aggressive. I'm like, thought I was just passionate. <laughs> Guess it's, it's, it's a difference. So I think it, it like that kind of stuff really makes you realize like, I'm like, is anyone going to take me seriously? <laughs> or like, what do I have to do to be taken as serious as someone? Like I've had bosses like like I said, write that in my emails. I've had someone ask me to staple papers for them. Like, what? what? <laughs> One, you can't operate a fucking stapler? Like that kind of stuff. Like, we're doing the same fucking job and you want me to staple your papers? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let, me just stop, me? let me just stop making waffles and cleaning the house and I'll staple your papers. It's like, it's an unreal feeling and I feel like it's hard to, like if you try to explain it to like, a male in the in the same workforce they're like no nah, that's not me no i just totally, in your head <laughs> yeah i totally hear that and like it's so yeah. funny that you like what what you were talking about i was identifying but in the opposite way like i am so i mean you guys know anyone <laughs> anyone who's had the misfortune of sharing a beer with me knows I'm <laughs> and loud and aggressive yeah. and like that's my personality. I'll be the first one to tell you when you step out of the line like i am mm-hmm. there i'm i'm very unapologetic I am a totally different human being at work. 
like at work, I have like a work voice. I'm very like, oh, I just thought, and maybe we could try. And like, but I'm, what if? Oh, oh my god, I'm totally different. Like, I would mm -hmm. never be the aggressive person at work. I'm, I'm not that at all whatsoever. Yeah, I'm totally a muted version of myself, and like that sucks too. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like I can't be me to be taken seriously. Like I'll be seen as too aggressive, too intense, too, you know, et cetera. So instead I'm like very palatable, I would say. Yeah. Like a dialed down version of yourself. So that way you can get a monochrome of what you want to happen. Because you know, like you catch more what what's the saying? Well, you catch more vinegar. I know. Exactly. Yeah. No, totally. And meanwhile, that phrase is ne I mean, my mom used to say it to me all the time, but it never stuck. But like that phrase is solely given to women and solely delivered to young girls because you can't tell boys what to do. If you do you, want know, them to do no, do you know how many times I've gone into a one-on-one -on -one meeting with a male counterpart at work and they've said to me, what's wrong with you? Why, why you look like that? I'm like, I, I, cause I wasn't smiling. Smile. It's such a nice day out. I'm like, yeah, I love it. It's so great. I'm like, I literally was sent in a meeting and just be like, Hi, hi, hi. Yeah, no, great. And if you don't smile, it's like, what's wrong with you? Like, I've been asked if I was on my period before at work. Okay, that's Yep. Yeah. Like, it's that kind of stuff. Like, if I'm not, like, like, I think I'm pretty, like, friendly and pretty outgoing. If I ever, like, am just busy and don't have time to be, like, oh, my God, what's going on? What are we doing for lunch? Is everyone doing? If I don't ask a million questions and I'm not overly friendly, then it's like, what the fuck's wrong with her? She's being such a bitch today. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just busy. <laughs> I'm so sorry I can't, like, dance, monkey. I'm so sorry I can't. Per like, Jiggle your bitties. Like, Come all on. the time. I'm so sorry. Have you like, ever noticed, that's... like, like a when was the first time you noticed, like, a clear divide? Like, a clear, like, or, like, experience blatant, like, oh, that guy is getting something that I, or that guy's getting attention for something I did. Have you ever seen anything like that or experienced anything like that? Um, I like never really realized it because before working in like, or I guess like corporate America, I was working like in a lot of female, I would say, jobs. Like I worked at like a Harmon, it's like a beauty supply store. So like most of us were female. Like when I worked at a cupcake place, like that was mostly female um, and then I worked at, the, like, I taught for a year, like, all the teachers were female. So, like, I didn't really have that experience until, like, the hospital was probably one of the first times, like, working somewhere that I was like, wow, I'm just, like, a secretary. Like, I'm just a female that gets people, like, coffee and does stuff. But, like, was that because, like, that was my role or was that because... Like I was a girl. So I, I don't know with like, then also like, I then I get in my own head. Like my job really was to like, basically I was a secretary of the operating room. So like you would come to me for like calls and questions, but like at what point am I like reading too much into it? Like, are you talking to me like this because I'm a girl? Like, do I think when people are like, sweetie, can you do this for me? Like, and it's not really in my job circle. And like, yeah, you're doing it because I'm a girl. Like, oh, hun, would you let, would you, hun, do you mind go getting me a, a coffee? Yeah, I do actually. And Alyssa is the name. So like those little like pet names don't fucking fly with me. Like nothing will make me more upset than if I'm anywhere and someone's like, oh, hey, sweetie. Like, ugh, no, don't call me that. Not my mom or dad. Don't call me that. <laughs> it's weird. And, it's and that's something that I think is like, guys think they're being nice by saying it. But like that has to stop. It's like a, for me, that's like a huge fucking peeve of mine. Like you trying to be sweet by saying like calling me a pet name you'd call like a girlfriend is weird. So like the hospital is probably the first time that I experienced that. But like an actual like did I not like in my current job, like there's only been one role of like that I did try to go for a position that I didn't get. And like I do wonder if it was because it was me and another guy and like he got it over me and like. I've been with the company longer and we're the same job levels. Like, I don't know if there was like another, I can't assume that that's the reason, but like, that's the first thing I think of. And I like suppress that to be like, no, that wouldn't be it. That definitely can't be it. It probably a hundred percent was. And it's like, it's shitty. Cause like, you don't want to believe like, especially if you like your company, like you never want to think that like they would ever think about that. But then like, when you look around, you're like, oh, maybe it is like, maybe that is it. So it's just like this weird it's thing. Like it's a constant battle. Like, do I suppress this feeling? Because now I'm just like getting in my head or do I just like 
realize that that's the way things are and try to be better. Like it's just, it's a fucked up feeling and I don't, I'm still trying to wrap my head around how to be. So I have, I, so the position that you have at the hospital, I had before you. So I can tell you that I for sure saw clear evidence of the way that they treated you versus the way that they treated me. So yeah. there would be doctors who would come up to me and be like, hey, can my case go at this time and this time and, and shoot, shoot out all this shit at me? And I literally would sit there with a blank face and be like, I have no fucking idea what the fuck they're saying. And they would give me all of this information. I would write it all down and pass along the message to the person in charge. Meanwhile, they would go up to you. And this was like when I was still training you. And they would be like, um... Hmm. What can, can you please call this person and ask them if my case can go at this time? Thank you. I used to have them ask me for a post-it so they could write down the name of their surgery and slide it to me because I was that fucking stupid. (laughs) And no offense, Ritz, you wrote baloney amputation on a piece of paper like, like not like meat. like below the knee like the lunch meat baloney like what is a baloney oh uh, yeah like ritz literally wrote on a service balagna amputation oh my god no yeah and they meant below the knee. but like i did not know what they were talking about until the person came up to me and they're like baloney amputation what the fuck is this yeah and, and that's like, but that's oh not my because god. like below I didn't the knee <laughs> i didn't mean to like embarrass you but like that would have even like been said to me. They're like, I'll just write it in myself. And I'm like, I can't fucking spell. That's weird. And meanwhile, I was literally walking <laughs> literally. one brain cell and they would shoot out all this shit and be like, okay, you got that? All right, cool. Bye. And they would leave and I would be fucked for days. But that was the first time that I was like, oh, wait a minute. They're being super fucking nice to you. And they just yell at me all day. <laughs> And like they were, they I didn't know they were specifically nicer to me than you. So like that was the only pro was that I didn't really get into like arguments with anybody because people were like, oh, I'm gonna try to be nice because she's a girl. But like, yeah. so I guess that was a pro, but at the same time, like just fucking yell at me if you think I'm an idiot. Don't be nice to me and then tell everyone else you think I'm stupid. Like just yeah, treat me the same. That's exactly and that's exactly what I saw. Like they would just call me stupid to my face and like yeah. point and yell at me. And they would be like, Oh, she's she's trying so hard, isn't she? She's she might not be working out though. And I was like, Wow. So that is one of the things that I wanted to, to comment on for, for your experience. And I also and I will to fucking say, like, say I was one of the best fucking people in that OR. So fuck you were. for even thinking that I wasn't good. Um on the other end. I've been in so many interviews at this point where I've set, and we always do like council interviews. So it's always like you're when one person is interviewing for a job, there's like six or seven people in the room. Yeah, and I've thing. heard like people say like same exact candidate and been like, well, I liked him over uh, her just because like, I felt like she was just like overqualified or like she, she seems like she's got ambition. Like she's going to leave in a year or you know, I don't know. She just didn't seem like she knew enough. And it's the same exact resume. And they're just like, they choose the guy because what? He's more amicable. He's more like jokey. I don't want a jokester working for me. I want someone who's fucking going to be like a plus uh, one plus one equals two. Like I don't, I need a person with a brain. And it, I've seen it in firsthand. I'm like, mm, I like him. Uh, I'm going to go with him. It, and I've, I don't know what it is about the people who select it because I've seen women do it too. So I don't know if it's like an unconscious thing that everybody does where it's just they go with a guy because for some reason there's like a, a sense of safety or um, like they feel like a man is going to get the job done or it's a male dominated profession. Yeah. So why not go with Makes the man? Sense. But I have I have personally experienced like, Like, I've actually not gone for jobs because I thought that, like, there's been jobs that I've, like, held myself back from, like, trying to apply for or, like, go that next step because I'm, like, I don't know if I'm going to be, like, a good fit. Like, that's an all-guy team. Like, I don't think I'll fit in on that team. Or, like, I don't think they'll take me seriously. Or maybe they're going to pick somebody who's, like, hotter. Like, actual things I think about because, like, for me – like being an underwriter is so much of like sales and schmoozing and like talking to people. So like if you have two people, like a hot guy versus like a hot girl, like people are always going to go for the hot girl. So it's like, you almost think like 
what line do I walk to like fit that role? Like, do I, do I have to flirt with everybody to make it seem like I really would be good at this role? Or should I just like dial myself totally fucking back and like not go for the role? So I like find myself thinking about that. Like often I'm always like, uh, should I even bother? Like, would I fit in with that team or would they just like be a dick to me? <laughs> Cause I'm like a girl. It, it, it's it's a weird feeling that I, I think that it's like, like I said, it's hard to explain without sounding that that's like, now I'm like, sorry for whining. You know what I mean? Like things happen at work and everyone's like, you should tell like, you know, a manager. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be like whiny about it. Cause like I've gone and like said stuff that like, I can go to HR and complain about stuff. Like I just never have. But like, so it's like, yeah. I mean, I think also there's, there's like, like piggybacking off of what you said about like that fine line between like the hot girl and the hot guy. Like I went to a conference this year that my director that's predominantly male, my director was like, this would be great for you to go to. I was so impressed that like I had the opportunity to be there. It was at the Metropolitan Club in New York. It's this big thing. And I go and I end up talking to a bunch of people. It's a networking event. I get a lot of cards and I got a card from this guy who I don't want to name the firm, but it's like a top five firm. <laughs> super high up in what I do. And he was like, Oh, like we live in the same neighborhood. We should, we should get together. Like, I'd love to talk more about your transactional work. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so exciting. This is like a great contact. So I get home that night and I get a LinkedIn message from him that is like, it was so good to meet you. And I was like, Oh my God, this is like amazing. Like I'm, I could actually bring in new business, like for my firm. This is like phenomenal. Like I can't believe this. So the rest of the message says we should, get dinner and I'm I'm like immediately like oh this is like why why can't we just meet in an office and so he's like we should get dinner at this place Armina so I google Armina and it's one of the top 100 most romantic restaurants and so I'm like oh my god and this guy sent me messages no joke for weeks and was like when do we get that dinner when can we get that dinner I'm like this is I was so excited. I had the highest hopes that I was being taken seriously and it turns out that he's just like trying to date me like, really? Come on. It's so shitty. It's just such a shitty feeling because you're like, oh my God, I killed it. Like I did so good. This is amazing. And then he's like, yeah, did you want to get a dinner and a drink? And then like, maybe like, we bang? I can't go oh, to HR that. Like there's no HR for me to report that to. Like where's like- That's the, just life. That's just life. Like <laughs> that's it. That's just buck up. And it made me second guess all of the other contacts I had met at the conference. Yeah. Were they all just wanting to meet for coffee and lunch and drinks? Like- or, or were those like, and it really made me question like my, my self-worth and, and my, you know, like, a, like intelligence within the field It like really got to me at a deep level and it sucks. And yeah. there's no one I can like complain to or like do anything or change it. Like, and at that conference, like I came home and took a picture of my outfit and sent it to my mom. And she was laughing because I literally wore the same suit that like my grandmother wears every Christmas. Like nothing about me was, and even if it was, it doesn't fucking matter, right? But like everything about me was like so crazy professional buttoned up, like full turtleneck, like neck brace. But isn't it so funny that you like basically like dull yourself down like personality wise and like looks wise and it still doesn't fucking matter. No, so you almost want to be like, I'll just wear the, what the fuck I want to wear. I'm going to wear my see-through shirt and fucking mini skirt to work because what does it even matter? Because like, and, like exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it literally doesn't matter. I was wearing like a double breasted plaid blazer. Like nothing was sexy about me. Like nothing. Guys are gross. It was so like kind of like the way you were acting. So yeah. it's not really what you were saying. You were like kind doing. of putting a vibe out there, Taylor. Yeah. So it's like, I picked up on your vibe. And I hate that because like I was complaining to one of my friends about it. And like she was like listening and I was just like, oh my God, like it's so annoying. And she was like, maybe just like be less hot. I was like, what the fuck? Like, that is the worst advice ever. And like, not helpful at all. And like, that kind of goes back to what you were saying, where it's like the downplaying, like, I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm hot. It's so hard. Like, but <laughs> at the same time, like, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. Cause like, that's such a, like a small example of exactly what's been going on in Hollywood for centuries who knows how long and it's just like no matter what the profession is you're never going to be taken seriously if you are too pretty if you are um actually if you are a lesbian if you uh look like a sack of shit you're you're gonna be like oh um you know what you would be great in hr 
you'd be great because you know exactly what it's like to follow the rules because you probably follow the rules all the time. Like, it's just like, no matter what, like everything that you do is based upon other people's perceptions. And when, since the world is predominantly run by men, no matter what, you are only ever going to be seen as a partner um, and not like a business partner, but like someone to copulate with, um, someone who um, will be supportive in the background, someone who will yes you to death. Like someone it's who not- will stand next to you and like you take your oath of office, someone to be your great yeah. first lady, just stand next to me and look pretty. Like, you like can't a politician. Have ideas. You can't have ideas. That's too radical. And it's been forever that this has been going on. Like that's but that's why I think it's so experience that. That's so important. That's like having females be in higher ranking positions, I think is so important because you only know how it feels if you're a girl. Like you it's like you understand because like you've seen things happen to me and like to Mm -hmm. other people and like heard stories and it's awful and you get it, but like you don't have to deal with it every day. Like you deal with your own shit, (laughs) but like you don't deal with like what it's like to actually be a female. So it's like, even if you're explaining this to people like in higher ups, like unless that person is a female, they'll never advocate for you. So like you have to like advocate for yourself, which is so shitty because no one really fucking cares. Like I have a people, my boss is a woman and it's very hard because I see blatant sexism happening with her all the time in the workplace. And she is so oblivious to it that she doesn't even realize it's happening. Like during the whole COVID pandemic, she had the connections to make sure that the hospital had enough um, filters to, to actually filter the air in the hospital. She found the, the vendor, she bought the, the, the things, she made sure that all the patients' rooms had these air scrubbers in it so that we could treat the amount of patients that we had it. And yet yeah. at the end of the day, she got no credit for it. She got nothing uh, for it. Nobody ca- uh, called her out on it. And this one guy, the, the fucking facilities manager or director, whatever he is, took all of the credit for it because what he had the budget for it and he paid for it. He did not. I, I don't ever believe that I've never seen a male uh, like give his female employee or counterpart credit for something that they've done. If they can take credit for it, they will. And I don't know if that's just a male female dynamic that could just be a boss dynamic. I don't know. But I've seen it happen so many times that you're like, thank you so much for your great job. But like, we'll take it from here. Yeah. And it's just a shitty, shitty feeling because it's like your boss is fucking smart. (laughs) And like, she knows what she's doing. And that's shitty because she's only going to be seen as like, oh, she runs the OR. She's a girl. Yeah. Like to so many people. And that's so and I'm sure like surgeons and people still see her as like just a nurse. Like she's not like not anymore. So mm-hmm. I think that's something that like females literally will continue to struggle with for years. We'll be like trying to prove like, oh, hey, we can do this. So I think like if you're like a lot of people say like they're an ally, like, are you? In it's order to, be, to actually you can't say be that an ally, ally without being active. And that's like, yeah, my and you can't no be matter ally what with being allyship like, you're, you're like, in you can't support, like as a male, you can't support women who you're just attracted to. You can't just support women that you think are hot. Like, and I'm an advocate. I love, I'm a feminist, but like, if you think a girl's ugly, don't call her fat in the fuck in a fucking bar or don't say she has a butter face or don't just be like, I guess I can take her home. I guess I can sleep with her. Like, are you joking? You're not, That's an advocate. The value that you have. you're a fucking fake. So that kind of shit is like something that people really need to check themselves. And like, even like females do it too. Like I was just going to say that like, you can't like, and I have been guilty of JK this, so Rowling not, is a I, perfect example of that. <laughs> perfect oh example God. of that. But like, like, you can't like, I've done this, like I've done this in my life where I like put girls down for like no actual reason just to be a bitch. And like, as I get older, I'm like, why the fuck am I? Why was I like that? Like, that's so shitty of me. Why am I? Why do I care? Who that girl sleeps with that I have no connection to in any way, shape, because you grew up watching the exactly because <laughs> it's like That's so why. in our brains that we're like in competition with each other and like we have to not and it's literally 
like this is going to sound so like high level and so crazy. Like I feel like I'm becoming a crazy person, but like that's so like male high level to be like, Oh, like if we all pin them against each other, it'll be better for us. And that's how it's been for fucking years. And like, that's not going to change because they're going to change it. Like we have to change it. And that's for like, same for black lives matter or like the same for any, any type of cause. Like it's never going to stop with the people who like set the presidents that way. So as females, like, I'm not going to slut shame someone like good for fucking you, like sleep with everybody who gives a shit. And it's like, since I've been trying to be more mindful of that, like, I think it's made such a difference to like support other girls. Because if you don't, nobody will like, though, your male friends are never going to support you the way like a female will. Right. And it's also like supporting, like we call girls prudes all the time. Like sleep with everyone. If you want, you're not a slut and don't sleep with anyone. You're not a prude. Like I do what is right for your body and for you. Mm-hmm. And like on Juneteenth, I was just doing some like reflecting and I was reading about the Kumbahi river collective, which was started uh, by Barbara Smith, who was a black, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, working, baby. <laughs> um, It was started in the 70s by Barbara Smith. And she was like, hey, like the black liberation movement is male dominated. The women's liberation movement is white dominated. And I don't feel like there's anywhere for me. And so she created um, CRC. And basically they they issued the statement that said, until we're free, like if we're free, everybody's free. Because that means you beat all forms of oppression. Like for LGBTQ, for black people, for women, like if I'm free, then everyone, that means everyone else is free. And that is something that like we have to keep in mind too, as women and as feminists, like we can speak our experience and we will never understand. Like, and I'm like, oh, going to that conference was so hard as a hot girl. Like, can you imagine if I was black and a lesbian and Muslim, like how, like there's so many layers to this shit, right? And like, that's something we have to keep in mind as well. Like, while we can say that we're feminists, we're not feminists unless we're, we actively initiate change so that all people are free from oppression, not just us. I'm 100% guilty of that in my past. I 100% felt like, well, I'm gay. So like my struggle is the one that I I need to advocate for LGBT Mm -hmm. rights because I'm gay. But realistically, I didn't know anything about trans people. I didn't know anything about within my own community, the the prejudices that existed and currently exist within my own community. And I feel like if you're not, if you're advocating for the future without looking at your past and the way that you react to your own community, then you're not being a good advocate. Then you're like, like everybody says, if you want to be all lives matter, then you actually believe trans lives matter. That, that, Indigenous women matter, then uh, people of color matter. You can't just say those things without actually meaning them. And, and same with our own advocacy. Yeah. yeah. And like, the, and you identify or, or like with LGBTQ because that's your group, right? So like I mm-hmm. identified my group. So like we all do that. And like I was having this conversation with a white male friend of mine who's, who's um, straight. And I was saying, I was talking to him about abortion. And he was like, yeah, no, like, it's cool. Like, you can do whatever. That's just, like, my regular cis hetero white boy. boy. <laughs> uh, it's perfect. Like, like, yeah, no, sure. Like, you can do whatever you want with your body. I get it. But, like, I don't, like, feel like I need to have a stance on the issue. And I was like, you do need to have a stance. All white cis hetero men need to have a stance on the issue because you're the one initiating new legislation. You're in those rooms. Yeah. I'm not in those rooms in, yeah. in the percentages that you are. So, like, it is your issue because I need your help. And like, that is what's going on with Black Lives Matter right now. Like, this isn't on Black people. This doesn't affect me. Yeah, like, it, it really is. It's on all of us because we need to I realize that while it may not be our shit or the cause that we identify with, we all have to band together because that's the only way we're going to get shit done. Like, and that's by going out of your bubble. And yeah. it's so like, it's so frustrating. Like now with like Black Lives Matter, I think it's more prominent, like how many people don't give a fuck about other people if it doesn't affect mm-hmm. them. And like, I've been guilty of like, I'm a female. So like, I, I'm all for female rights. I donate money. I like These are all, my all about it. These are my <laughs> issues. Because like, I know that if I get pregnant and I don't want to have a baby, I want to be able to go and get an abortion and not be fucking shamed for it by people who like I elect into office. So like, or those are things. You get or, yourself killed trying to yeah, get Yeah, like trying to get there. So it's like, that kind of stuff is what I think about. And then 
Black Lives Matter becomes such like a, it's been an issue, but it's now a current, like actual thing that's in your face and learning more about it. You're like, I can't imagine what it would be like to be like a black woman. Like that's fucking atrocious. Like you have to deal with so many obstacles and here I'm being like, wow, I want to be able to like have a, not have a baby. I'm like, yes, it's an issue. But like, I have to care about other issues too, because like, otherwise how can I expect anyone to advocate for mine? if I don't advocate for theirs. Yeah, but like, so that, like, like, no, I, I totally hear you. And like the, yeah. the, the intersectionality between it, right? Because like mm-hmm. abortion access yeah. and affects the black community as well. Like that is mm-hmm. also like there. And like, even just thinking about, you know, women make 82 cents to the dollar that a man makes and a black woman makes 62 cents. So like, yeah, we're still, you know, 20 cents behind a man, but women are, or black women are 40 cents behind. Like we've got to like all make moves. And like, for every step we take, you know, it's that like analogy, every step we take, they have to take two, like they have to work twice as hard to get half as much and like all that, like, right, like Planned Parenthood and, and black women need abortion access as well as white women. Like I'm, I'm lucky enough to know that if I was knocked up in high school, like my mom would hop a plane to Germany with me if I really needed to go. But like a lot of people don't have that luxury. Like, yeah. and, and so when you fight for, you know, healthcare and abortion access and, and fighting for those those marginalized groups who are oppressed and don't have access to that either. So like we're all intertwined in our struggle, but we, we need as many hands to help us get out of it basically. Yeah. And when you think about like the world's what, well, not the world, duh. America technically is like what, 244 years old this year. Fantastic. We've been allowed to vote for a hundred of those years this yeah. year. Like that's fucking wild that it was like, hmm, should we let those gals vote? Or like, should we, they just keep like cooking and making clothes and flags. Bizarre. And like, how many, and how many years were women actually voting? Because just because how you many years, had the right to vote. Yeah. And how many years your husband's still, like out of the house to vote. Exactly. And how many women even now vote the way that their husbands vote or vote the way that like their towns yeah. vote. Like, I think that everyone needs to understand like, their privilege, but also understand like your group, like advocate for yourself, like support yourself because no other fucking person is going to do it. So those people, like you said, like your straight male friends who I have them too, who are like, if I'm like, oh, it must be nice to make a full dollar. <laughs> must be nice. Like I'll always make comments and I feel like being like, oh, stop. Like, no, I'm not going to stop because you make me and you could go pick up a piece of fucking trash outside and you get paid more money than me. And it's the same piece of trash. So like that's because I'm just a female. That is the only differentiating factor. And that's upsetting. So like people, and I feel like if I get too like upset about it and I'm like, okay, then like I get mad and then I'm crazy and then I'm emotional. Basically drinks on you, Ritz, next time we all go out. Because- <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> like, that get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what I wouldn't give to go to a bar. Uh, so I literally so- made like an Aperol Spritz at like 11. And I was like, I, I, need, to, I need to go to brunch. <laughs> it's so weird too when you think about like going out, like I remember like, remember when we would go out so crazy but when we would go out like you know how you see like those girls like shit face at the bar and you like laugh at them and now it's like no we should make sure they're like okay and not being like taken home by someone or like purposely given like served more than they're supposed to drink like as a female like I don't I'm sure you go through similar things like at college parties and stuff like I never put my drink down I never get too drunk like you have to try to like somehow keep yourself conscious like I'm like, ooh, I won't have one more drink because then I'm obliterated and I don't know what I'm going to do. Or like, I don't want to act like a fool and become like a fucking viral video. Or I don't want to get like taken home or like not remember what I did because like, I'm a girl. Like, honestly, it's so poignant that you said that because I was just having a conversation with a couple of my girlfriends like over quarantine and we were talking about going out and getting shit faced like the same type of thing. We were talking about college and like how crazy we used to be and like all this stuff. And I, we were all like trading war stories. And while we're talking, I'm like, oh my God, like almost every single one of these stories has an element of sexual assault to it. Like it was horrifying. Like honestly, in my friend group, I don't think I have one friend who was not sexually assaulted in some capacity in college. And we talk about it now and we like laugh about it. Like, oh, I woke up in a motel next to this guy. I didn't even know who he was or how I got there. And like I was on Route 18 and had to call a cab to get home. I'm like, bro, like, kind of sounds like rape. Like, that's like not funny, you know? It's like, but we're so programmed to just have them yeah. these funny well, words. it was your fault. 
It was your fault that yeah, you were there. You put yourself in that. Why did you drink so much? Why did you wear that? Why did you drink so much? Why did you go home with him? That's crazy to me. I'm like, you didn't consent. What do you mean you woke up in a motel? You don't know where you are. Like, that's not consent, dude. Like, if you, that's crazy. And we we tell them in a way that we think it's funny and and all that. And like, it's actually like super traumatic. But I almost feel like we like put put humor into our like traumatic experiences in order to make them more palatable and easy for us to swallow. But like that, like sexual assault on college campuses for females is absolutely mind boggling to me. Like I am petrified to have a daughter and send her to school because I know the shit that I did and the shit that I went through. And, and like, like what happens when they get assaulted, they go to campus police and they like cover it up and pretend that it oh, didn't happen and try to defuse started. And it's like, they're not real cops. So it's like, yeah. they're, and even if they are like, then what? Even if you have like, a witness, you get six months jail and then probation. Like it's like, you, know, you know what? I, if I ever fucking met Brock Turner, he's like the underlying factor to me comparing everyone to someone who does something shitty and gets away with it. You are the definition of like white straight male privilege. Yeah. And it like infuriates me and how many people have like met a Brock Turner in their life. Oh, and it's honestly, been. Mark Kavanaugh, we elected him to the Supreme Court. Like what? Oh, again. <laughs> I can't. Gives me, I actually got like itchy. Like I no, feel I like I have like a I reaction. So bad. And like it's that, awful. When that happened, it really opened me up to having a lot of conversations with my straight male white friends. And they were like, yeah, but like, you know, like I've done something similar. And I was like, yeah, like, and that's wrong. Like, yeah. I like, oh, thank you for confessing. Yeah, like, that's scary. Like, and they're like, yo, but you just drink so much and you don't know. And like, girls are there to have fun too. Girls are there to have fun too, but they're not there to fucking be your fucking yeah. sex slaves. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just, so, it's so shitty. It's, it's so, so shitty. And that's like, it's even like, and like for me and like the way you said, like we normalize it and we like make a joke out of it. Like I've had experiences like on the path and like on NJ Transit, where I've been like assaulted, and I'm just like, <laughs> what? That no. like Ritz knows. Like I had a situation where like when I first started working in the city, I was taking the train. This is when I lived back in like Central Jersey. This was like what? Eight, what like two years ago? Two no, like yeah. two years ago. But yeah, like two three years ago before I moved back up here. And I was waiting on a train platform for my train at like five o'clock in the evening. Like it wasn't late. I didn't have on anything scandalous. Like these are the things I'm saying in my head. Like, and I had my headphones on like full blast, like not paying attention. And someone like groped me and I didn't realize like, cause so many people are on the train platform. So like sometimes people touch you and like, you don't even think about it. And before I knew it, like some other guy, like was like running after this man who had like touched me. So, and so much happened so quick that I was like, so like dumbfounded. And the guy came up to me, he was like an older guy. He was like in the army. He was taking the same train lines and he's like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, what happened? And he's like, you didn't realize? And I was like, I mean, yes. Like, I just thought it when he was like, are, are, is this your train? And I was again, like, he's like, all right, I'm going to make sure you get on your train. And I was like, thank you. And like, he was so nice, but it's just like, there was a full platform of people and like yeah. no one felt the need to say anything or like check on me besides this one guy and like didn't even realize like apparently this man had like followed me up the escalator was like saying really gross things to me but I couldn't hear because my headphones were in. So like that was what two years ago I never walk around or take transit with my headphones fully on. Sometimes I leave them off and just listen to see if anyone's talking like that's something that like is now like a part of my process that I never really think about because it's just like something that happened and it like, should be a thing. You have to change how you lived your life. Yeah, it's like I now have to be aware because like I don't want that to happen again. Like I have like when I, I mean, now I don't leave my house for work, but like I would carry like pepper spray in my pocket. And like when you walk home from someplace, you can keep your keys between your hands. Like what am I going to left hook or right hook somebody in the face? Like probably not. But like it's just things you think about like. How many times I've pretended to be on the phone with somebody when I'm walking past a group of guys because like I'm uncomfortable. Oh, like it's just the yeah. norm. Like you know, and you live in the city. I'm sure you well, go for like walk your jogs. Literally every single time, and they bring it up to my apartment. Even when I'm alone in my apartment, like no one's there, and I ordered sushi. I always say food's here, and I go up to get I it. I do the same. In my apartment. I do the same thing. Or if I leave to walk race like late at night and if I'm by myself, I'm like, I'm just running to take the dog out to no one. Yeah. just so they And say. it's so fucking bizarre. And like, I live in like a corner apartment, like literally no Something one. Something I don't have all, to like, do. Yeah. But like, you never think about that. Like, it's just so bizarre. Like, I'm like, no, I just, I, next time he gets Chinese being like, food's here. 
<laughs> that mean like we don't fucking care. <laughs> no, that I'm just announcing it because I'm so fucking excited that the fucking <laughs> like, Chinese food is here. So happy we have food. So but, fucking like, tight. It's just stuff like I don't know. Like you don't think about like when I get in my car when it's parked, I I look in the trunk and I look in the back seat. Like it's just I bizarre things. Like well, that's because everyone's crazy. They don't know who <laughs> might be in that car. That's just a general crazy person thing. But like. I don't know. I just, I always find myself like doing so much more that I'm like, does mm-hmm. everyone have to do this? Carry your keys mm-hmm. differently. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I used to walk through a campus and like we would get texts being like, there was a sexual assault on this avenue. Be careful walking home. And I'm like, thank you so much, campus police. Like, I'm like a 20 year old girl walking through the streets of Jersey City by myself, like 15 blocks to my car and this lot you make us park in in the middle, like at night. And it's like, you don't know, like, what people are capable of you don't know like i've had instances like fritz knows like where in my old building i thought like someone was like chasing me and he was just trying to like get into the building like he lost his keys and i literally i called the cops because i thought this man was trying to like i was walking with grace and he followed me into the building he was just standing outside the building so like why were you just standing there it was weird he followed me and then when i went in the main building I closed the door behind me and he was like banging on the door, but like, didn't say like, I live here. I'm in this apartment, like blah, 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 nothing. So I was fucking terrified yeah. and I was home by myself and I called the cops and I filed a report. I found out that he lived in the building, but like, I, how was I supposed to know that? It was just yeah. like, to, and literally the, the cops were like, yeah, we get this all the time. Like sometimes girls are like a little over, over like concerned or over, like, you know, they're too nervous. And I was like, yeah, it must be so annoying for you guys to respond to those calls and not have to live any of it. It's crazy. Right. Sorry, I'm nervous. It's just like, you don't know what people are going to do. And like, you don't know like where you're at. It's just, it's, it's like such a, so a weird thing that so many people don't have to deal with. And it's By no means do I have any kind of inkling of what you experience in that way, but I can understand and appreciate your, your stories because I feel the same way whenever I'm in public because growing up where I grew up, I feel like everybody knew that I was gay. So like, was now the time that I was going to get egged? Was now the time that someone was going to beat me up? Was now the time that I was unsafe? Like, I always felt that way. And after happening, it having it happen to me walking home from school, or walking with my friends, like, I know the sense of walking around and feeling like you're in danger all the time. And it's not great. So if I but I also have the ability to pass or walk around the street and look like a white male in america and be totally fine but i i'm afraid to walk around with my fiance i'm afraid to hold hands and and have any kind of public display of affection because i'm worried for my own safety that there's going to be one person in this room that could uh, think that that's inappropriate or wrong and take it out on me so for you guys to just exist and feel that way is completely so messed up on so many different levels and like that brings it back to like the intersectionality you know what i mean like we're not free until we're all free like yeah Mm -hmm. you black women like everyone so i think like that that totally ties into like exactly what we were talking about before it's like you you may not be able to relate to like having to cover your cup at a party or you know not going like back to a guy's house for fear that he's gonna rape you but like I mean, you can still identify with the fear for being who you are, not being able, you know, and not wanting to hide that. Yeah. And you get that, like you, before you and Mike started dating, like you had done like online dating. Like I know Taylor, you've done it too. Like I literally am terrified of it. Not it's just cause like I, that's any dating I'm sure. But like people will be like, oh, we'll just like hang out at my house. And I'm like, no, I'm all set. And then they're like mad at me that they think I'm like a tease or a prude because I don't want to go back to a stranger's home. Like, I literally don't know if you're going to rape me like bizarre. Like when I was younger, yes. Did I do it? Yes. But now that I'm older and like more conscious of stuff, I'm like, no, like I don't ever want to be in a compromising situation. Like I never want to have to be like, yeah, like I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And no, like, I don't like- want to go through that. So it's like, then you take over precaution and it's like, what's the cost? Like, are you like sacrificing like, opportunities and chances because of it probably yeah like what are you gonna do like it's better than the alternative yeah and like I went on a date with a guy in New York when I first moved here when I was like 22 and we left the bar and he was like come back to my place and I was like no sorry like early morning whatever and I went to hail a taxi and he like come back to my place and we like fought when I was opening the door I was like okay that's enough thanks and like got in the cab 
And I was nervous. And the cab driver was like, get in, get in. And I was like, oh my God. And for me, like, what happens if I did go back to his place? Like, who knows? You're going to be that aggressive towards me while I'm getting into a car. I'm like, oh my God, he like found me on every social media platform and stalked me for like six years later till I told him I was married um, is when he finally- But isn't that so funny? You had to be like, I have an early morning. I am married. I'm this. So they just fucking get the picture instead of like, I don't want to. Yeah. And I I find myself doing the same thing. You make up excuses because you don't want to like hurt their feelings or make them seem like you're not like you're an asshole or you're uninterested. Like you just don't want to do something you're going to regret or like put yourself in a really scary position. And here you are like dulling it down again. You know what I mean? Like we all do it. And I read this really interesting piece that basically was saying like, women, do you realize when you say, uh, oh, sorry, I can't, I have a boyfriend. Oh, sorry. I have a husband. I'm married. Like the guy doesn't back down because he respects you. He backs down because he respects your male partner. Like yeah. that's the level of like disrespect that we get. Like you don't take me seriously that I'm not interested until I have a male person. You're like, please respect my husband, not me, but respect my husband. My husband. Exactly. They still don't respect you. Like it sucks. No, it's a, think, it's a tough world. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a great place to leave off the discussion was exactly what Taylor was saying before about we're not free until we're all free. Yeah. And if there's one iota of oppression within any of the marginalized groups, then we didn't do our job and we didn't finish. So I think for those who are listening to get a better understanding of what's going on with your female friends and your people, uh, your friends of color and all of any kind of person that you know that's different from you, they have a story and they have a struggle. And I think that to understand and be empathetic is different for some people or difficult for some people, but try to put yourself out there and try to understand and try to, you know, walk in someone else's shoes and see how you would feel. Um, And I just want to wrap up and uh, thank Taylor so much for joining our podcast. People just do better yeah. <laughs> just do better like everyone be better. Can do better be better we say it all the time but for real be better, be better. and not just be better. you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> overall just in general be better. just fucking be better taylor thank you so much oh my god thank you guys you were it's a delight fun yes. guys if please like subscribe on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud follow us on Instagram guac is extra so are we hopefully taylor comes back Maybe we have the real studio, like a real experience. Yeah, the Asbury Park one. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Our internet. Sorry. I kept it out. It's fine. Okay. We're going to work it all out. But thank you so much, guys. Everyone have a great rest of your week. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.